0: If you and your spouse are walking on the path laid out by Jesus in the Beatitudes, you're both headed somewhere very good. You're leaving behind the desolate land of pride and journeying toward the abundance of humility. You're forsaking the chaos and pain of self-will and turning toward the will of a loving and wise God. You're moving out of the wasteland of self-centeredness and moving into the green pastures of mercy. Yes, you're both headed somewhere very good. You're headed into a life that has been conquered by God and is full of His peace. Peace in your heart and in your home. Peace in your relationship with your spouse and in your relationship with God. This is Nate Dancer with Purity for Life. You're about to listen to the final episode in our series Ashes to Beauty. Thanks for joining us. Here we go. All right, so this is the 8th episode in the series Ashes to Beauty and Pastor Jeff and Rose Clone, you're back with me. Thank you guys for coming in. Thanks, Thanks Nate. For having it's us. good to be here. Okay, so we've said this in every episode, I'll just say it one more time, that the whole purpose of the series is to help couples understand and really believe that there is no marriage that is so broken that it's beyond God's power to restore and to redeem. Mm -hmm. Um, But the way he does restore couples is by leading each one of them through a spiritual process. As they go down that pathway, the marriage is just sort of like the healing is like a byproduct, right? Of them becoming more like Jesus. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. So the process is in the Beatitudes. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Mm-hmm. Blessed are the merciful. Blessed are the pure in heart. And then we're going to talk today, blessed are the peacemakers. Mm -hmm. So, um, Pastor Jeff, in this chapter, you quoted from the book of James. Could you read that scripture? Sure.
1: It's James chapter 3, verses 13. I'll start there. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by the good conduct that his words are done in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts... Do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not send from above, but is earthly, sensual, demonic. For where envy, self-seeking exists, confusion and every evil thing will are there. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits without partiality and without hypocrisy. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace.
0: Okay, yeah, so I was reading that passage yesterday and it's like you can see that there's these two different atmospheres. Mm-hmm. There's, this, there's a heavenly atmosphere and it's full of mercy and gentleness mm-hmm. and patience and humility and then there's this hellish atmosphere that's full of envy and contention and strife. So why did you feel like it was necessary for couples to think about those two things?
1: Well, you you said atmosphere, what's coming to my mind is mindset. Mm. In okay. Philippians 2, right, we're told, let this mind be in your, I could say mindset. Mm -hmm. be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And when you think about the attributes there of the wisdom from above, it really is the mind of Christ and lowliness and walking in humility and love and mercy, Uh, those who make peace. He was a reconciler. He came to reconcile. And so what we have seen, and obviously in, in our own lives, is if our mindset, if our hearts are not in line with God's heart and God's mindset, well then what are they in line with? Well, the Bible talks about the mind of the flesh, which really, if you think about it, is pride and really the mindset of the enemy, the devil, the spirit of this world, which is all revolves around self and making me God instead of making the Lord God the center of my heart in my life and wanting to emulate him. So that's at the core, really, of all the problems of humanity when you think about it. But obviously, in marriage, if that mindset of the world is predominant in the individuals and in the marriage, well, then James tells us this is what you can guarantee will be there in the midst of that. But if both of those believers, if they're believers in Christ, are allowing the mind of Christ and the wisdom from above to be worked in their hearts, in their minds. They're yielding to that. Well then the promise is, well, mercy, good fruits. There won't be partiality. There won't be, you know, a facade. There'll be something deeper working in the heart that will manifest itself in those attributes. There'll be peace mm-hmm. in the home. There'll be reconciliation, even though Things will happen, there'll be tribulation, we're not promised the absence of trials, but this will be the predominant atmosphere, like you said, Mm -hmm. of that marriage.
2: Yeah, and it takes humility to walk in that, because both couples really have to just look at their own heart to see why am I getting so annoyed or aggravated over this particular situation? Why is there no peace here? And it really takes humility just looking at your own heart and going to the foot of the cross with that to Jesus and saying, Lord, I need to surrender my selfish desires to you so that this kind of peace can be in our home and we can be able to talk through these things instead of argue because I can't tell you how many times in counseling we have heard couples say, I feel like I'm walking on eggshells around my spouse. You know, and then when you meet with them and you probe what's going on, it's just like they are bent on getting what they want at all costs and they're not willing to humble themselves. So humility is really key to be able to walk in what we just read in the passage of scripture, but then to saying to the Lord, Lord, not my will, but your will be done in this situation, whatever that situation might be. So mm-hmm. again, it takes humility to walk in that.
0: Right, yeah. And that's
1: where the whole premise for the book came from. I believe when the Lord laid that on my heart was, what's going on in the heart? What needs mm-hmm. to happen? And What does the gospel do? Because really that's what we're talking about. That's what the Beatitudes describe, like what happens to someone that is truly in the faith, and how that faith in the gospel works out in their life? How it starts, the foundation of it—you know uh, what needs to happen in that heart—but then also how it manifests through their life, the change that the gospel brings about.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the the beatitudes are sort of describing like a process exactly that's happening. Right one goes to the other.
1: Yeah, you can't skip to three without first experience in the first and the second. They're uh-huh. progressive.
0: Okay. Yeah. So poverty of spirit, that emptiness. Right. That's the
1: foundation. We Right? That's where we start in our faith. We come to the realization that I am utterly bankrupt. I have nothing I can bring to God. And obviously, if we're going through a trial in our marriage, we're in a difficult situation, that helps to get us to that place where we just come to an end of ourselves and we just realize, I can't do this. But really, in reality, that's how we should come to God, that I have nothing I can bring to God. There's nothing I can do to save myself, to redeem me, to cleanse me of my sin. I am at the total mercy of God. I need His... If He doesn't help me, There is no help. Mm -hmm. That's foundational to our faith. And it's foundational for a couple dealing with whatever in their marriage, that they come to an end of themselves and they are looking to the only place, Jesus, his word, the Holy Spirit, to do what is necessary in both of them to bring about the change that's needed.
2: Sure. And if I could add to that, that's ongoing. It's not just a one time thing. thing. It's ongoing. I mean, we'll be married 33 years next year, and this is ongoing what we're talking about. It's not like, okay, you come out of sexual sin or whatever, and we <laughs> and start applying go. these principles in our marriage, and that's it, we're good. No, because there's always going to be something that presents an opportunity for you to see how much you really need the Lord, <laughs> that poverty of spirit. Mourning over your own said, asking God, create a clean heart in me, walking in that meekness, throwing up the white flag, you know, getting at the idols of the heart. That all will bring you, as we said, the Beatitudes, to being a peacemaker at all times, no matter what happens Mm -hmm. today, tomorrow, the future. But I'm just adding that in so people don't get it in their mind, oh, I just have to do this now now. And then we're good. Mm. No, this is ongoing. You have to ongoing live in the beatitudes, not only in your marriage but with all relationships. What mm. we're seeing in our lives, so
0: okay, yeah, yeah. So, um, Pastor Jeff, you wrote this in the book. I'll just read this quote: "The crowning glory of a life that has been truly conquered by the Holy Spirit is peace." And that's what you guys are saying mm-hmm. is right. that. You're going somewhere, this process is taking you somewhere. Peace with God and peace with others. The basic meaning of the word peace, whether it be Hebrew, Shalom, or Greek, Irene, is the quiet atmosphere that comes when there is no strife. A peacemaker, then, is someone who is able to reconcile individuals who have been at variance with each other. As we will soon see, this becomes a prominent feature of a godly marriage. Man, and that sounds good, right? Just Mm. peace. Yeah. And it's, when you think about it, this last chapter, the
1: last beatitude we're looking at, it's a culmination. It's kind of where you wind up (sighs) Mm. because all the others have taken place. It's like a butterfly, right? What's the end result of that butterfly? It's a metamorphosis or mm. it's the end result of just all the others you wind up in peace, you're a peacemaker, a reconciler.
0: Yeah, and that uh, mindset, like you said, when I am in my heart, when the kind of person that I become as a peacemaker, that makes a huge difference in a relationship.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And we're commanded to do it in Romans 12. It's one of the things in there that we're told to do as children of God, as much as it depends on you Dwell at peace.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, so then it's almost like when there isn't peace, Mm -hmm. that is just revealing that something is wrong. Right, and that's like what Rose was saying. We need to go back
1: and say, okay, what is it in me that is causing, whether it's anger, strife, anxiety, whatever it is, Um, that's where those, it, it is cyclical where we're going to keep going back and having to examine our hearts Mm -hmm. and saying, okay, if I don't have peace, Jesus promised me peace. He said, in the world, you're going to have tribulation, but in me, you'll have peace. So something's happened to where I don't have peace inside, and I want to make that clear. Peace is not the absence of trials. Peace is not the absence of the winds blowing and the waves roaring. Mm -hmm. The peace we're talking about is a peace that God gives which is an inner peace, where we're right with God, where we're in that abiding place with Him, where the, or the promised rest that God promises to His children. And when we're in that, it doesn't matter what's going on around us. We're able to bring that peace into whatever situation we find ourselves And that's so important in the home, mm-hmm. where there can be a lot of times strife, and whether it's the kids, something going on, or mm-hmm. the marriage... Um, We want to, as much as it depends on us, bring peace Mm. into that situation. And we can't do it if we're not walking with God in intimacy and we're not right with Him and we're not abiding in Him.
2: Yeah, I think of uh, Jesus, Matthew 11, 28 through 30. He said, "'Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and lowly in heart.'" And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And this is being said by the Prince of Peace himself. And a lot of times when we see when there's that strife and contention or divisiveness in the home, it's because people are not doing this. Couples are not doing this. They're not going to Jesus with whatever the issue might be that they're dealing with. But two, they're not learning from him. He said, I'm gentle and lowly in heart, and he's the source of all peace. So we have to learn from him how to walk in that loneliness Mm -hmm. of mind, as Jeff shared earlier, how to put it into practice in those moments when the winds blow, when the trials come, and we feel like this is not fair, why am I having to go through this? I hear this all the time Mm -hmm. from the ladies. And it's like, God didn't promise us everything was going to go wonderful, there's going to be sinful issues that come up in our heart or in our spouse's heart we're going to get offended but we have to learn from Jesus how do I respond to this in the same spirit that you walk in that you live in that you are you know mm-hmm. the prince of peace how do I bring peace into the situation so so usually what you'll see is couples that have that strife and that contention and division they're not going to Jesus they're trying to do it in their own strength or thinking, I know better, and they don't realize we have to learn from Him, because by nature we're selfish, by nature we want our own will, we want our own way. And I've seen couples digging their heels that they refuse to humble themselves to do what the Word of God tells them to do in that situation, and they are tearing down their homes. And they usually wind up, I mean, we've seen couples wind up getting divorces because they can't even communicate with each other. They're angry, they're bitter, they're resentful. But again, they're not going to Jesus. Right. You know, in the way he calls us to come to him.
0: Right. So if a couple has been going down this pathway, you know, poverty of spirit, mm-hmm. mourning, and mm-hmm. meekness, and the others, they're going to arrive at a place where there's a, There's a pretty large measure of peace in their lives. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And what you guys are saying is that then, if that peace is disrupted or disturbed and they start having sort of more of a a spirit of strife in their home, it's like we got to go back Mm -hmm. and we got to allow the Lord to keep working.
1: Mm -hmm. And that's where the tools come in that we give in the chapters and the appendices uh, for couples to work through. And our hope is when we get to the end of the book and our end of our counseling, they know how to implement those tools. And the conference table, which is part of this chapter, is one of those tools where, OK, they're having strife. Something's going on. They need to discuss it Well, the conference table lays out for them how to do really what we've been talking about. OK, we, we need to go get alone with God. We need to examine our hearts. There's a journal I like to give people. It just kind of asks a series of questions that we can ask ourselves, like, okay, what's going on here? What's the circumstance that's making me angry, anxious, whatever you want to put in there? What was I thinking? What's my thought pattern? Am I wanting something? Am I thinking the way God thinks, the way the Word of God says? What did I want, desire? or long for when I was angry, anxious, whatever you want to put in there. What does the Bible say? That's important. We always want to help couples identify what's going on with Scripture. Otherwise, it's just opinions. Mm -hmm. So we, we teach them, you know, our hope when we're finished with them is they know how to go to the Word of God, and we give them tools to help them with that. What does the Word of God say? About what I'm doing. What does the Word of God say I need to be doing? And then it's basically, okay, am I doing what the Word of God says? If right. not, am I willing to repent and do what I need to do? And so when they can get to that place, then they can come together and sit down and communicate in a godly way. And then we give them passages like Ephesians 4 17 on, where it describes what godly communication looks like and guidelines for them to follow so that they're communicating in a godly way and they're attacking the problem in a biblical way and not each other, Mm. which is what you see a lot in marriage with, with the finger pointing. Well, if he would just do this, we would have peace. Or, well, if she would just do this, we would have peace in the home. And you'll go around that mountain the rest of your life. So instead of attacking each other... Um, let's focus on the real problem. And really what you tend to find out, it's something in the heart that needs to be surrendered. It, it's something God's after. It's something God's wanting to do in both or one. And it's really just yielding to the Holy Spirit, to the Word of God, and mm-hmm. letting God produce what he wants to produce out of this trial. Isn't that what the Bible tells us, Counter all joy? when you fall into various trials and temptations, knowing that the testing of your faith produces. I always quote Romans 8.28 to people, all things work together for those who love God, who are called according to his purpose, which is what? And it tells us in there what it is, to conform us to the image of Christ. Mm. That's what it's all about. That's what our marriage is. Are about. That's what anything we go through in life. If we're true believers, God is in the business of making us more and more into the image of Christ. So, this is an opportunity. Marriage is a great opportunity to become more like Christ if we're willing to follow Jesus' guidelines on how that happens. And it's through brokenness, repentance, humbling myself, yielding to the Word of God, um, seeking Him for what only He can give me to do what I'm called to do for the grace to do it, and then actually doing it, and then continuing to pray that God would keep showing me things that that need cleansing in my life, and then winding up in the chapter we're in now where, oh, you know what, there's more peace Mm -hmm. in our home. Well, why? Because... Both spouses are being conformed to His image, and if He's the Prince of Peace, and we're becoming more like Him, there's going to be more peace mm. in the home. Not to mean that the seas never kick up. You know, that's mm. our testimony as well. We haven't arrived. It's not like mm. you know. There's doves flying around our house, and
2: <laughs> it's well, just sometimes this peaceful atmosphere.
1: <laughs> yeah, sometimes, but you know, the seas kick up sometimes. But it's not like it used to be.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. Not We're
1: being conformed, being changed right. from glory to glory. We're not going to be like him till we see him, mm-hmm. but we should be in the process. So I really just want to encourage couples out there, this is an opportunity for you to be conformed to the image of Christ. Hmm.
2: Yeah, but the key with that is letting go of yeah. whatever rights you think you deserve. Because again, we see people don't come into that peace and marriage relationships if they're holding on to what they feel they deserve, or it should be this way, or my parents did it this way, or this is what I think, or this is how we should do it. And that's why at the conference table, the scriptures are the center, because they have to lay all that down to come to that conference table and say, okay, We need to do this God's way, because God's way is the only way that brings peace. And to do that, again, you have to humble yourself. You have to go to a cross with whatever the Lord's showing you that's sinful in your own heart as spouses. But when you think about the whole message of the cross, it's love, forgiveness, and reconciliation. So when you're not seeing that unity in the marriage, it's because someone's resisting that process he just talked about in their heart Mm -hmm. you know and it shouldn't be amongst believers i mean if we're believers it doesn't matter what the offense is or what happened there should be that willingness to be reconciled and be a peacemaker if we've truly been born again if we're really his children that should be the fruit that comes out of our lives especially in our marriage our marriage Mm -hmm. is a perfect place to demonstrate that And especially in front of your kids, you know, because then the kids, they know, okay, God is real. Look at what he's doing in my parents, you know. It wasn't always like this, but I see the peace of God in our home now. So couples have to realize if they're holding on to what they want, their rights, and they're not willing to do things God's way, it does affect your children. Sure. You know,
0: it does. Yeah, and that lie that when I get everything I want, mm-hmm. I'll be happy, yeah. or there will be peace. That You never get to the place where you get everything you want. And we mm-hmm. talk about that in that chapter, the difference between false peace
1: right. and true peace. And false peace is what the world offers, and it's exactly that. What you're saying, you know, when if I just got everything the way I wanted it, and all my and everything lined up, just right, I would have peace. Yeah, And that's what the world tries to do. But if you think about it, you got you know however many people all wanting what they want to bring yeah. about peace. And that's why the world is in this, mm-hmm. well, every evil thing, confusion, that's what we see in the world because mm-hmm. it's the wisdom from below.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so then if you've got a husband and a wife who want something that conflicts with what the other person wants, mm-hmm. Exactly. Then how could you ever have peace? You can't. Right. It has to be what does God want? Mm. What does the
1: Word of God mm. say we need? Mm-hmm.
2: And they have to communicate. I mean, that's a major problem we see in counseling: is couples are not communicating. They could have a false sense of peace in their home, like everything's cool between us, but everything's swept under the rug. Mm. They're not dealing with issues, and then you counsel. I remember we were counseling a couple once, and a husband and a wife, they had been married, I don't know how many years, for many, many years, but they started recounting something that happened, and the wife said how many years ago it was, and the husband said, that was 16 years ago that happened, and I was flabbergasted. I sat there, I was like.
0: They're still bringing it up.
2: Wow, and he remembers in detail mm. That she was wrong in how many years, and he corrected her. That happened 16 years ago, and he was a very bitter man. So there's this false sense of peace sometimes because they're not dealing with the issues. Let's just sweep it under the rug for whatever reason or maybe their image. You, know, you go to church, you want everyone to think you're happy, and everything's wonderful, and... We've seen that. But then when you dig down s- deeper to, the, to what's really going on underneath in their hearts, if they're not dealing with the issues like we're talking about, the way the Beatitudes are listed out in their heart, but then applying God's word to whatever problems arise, they're going to have a full sense of peace, but eventually it's going to come out.
1: Eventually it does come it
2: out. It comes out. Yeah, yeah, it comes out. And it's sad. It's sad to see people stuck because they're not communicating with one another. Mm-hmm. They're letting the sun. We always tell couples, don't let the sun go down on your anger because you're giving place to the devil when you do mm-hmm. that. So, mm-hmm. you know, if, if there's offenses there, you need to talk about it with your spouse especially, you mm-hmm. know, and get the get that dealt with. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it becomes a root of bitterness, right. and that's what we see in counseling. It, beca- it does become a root of bitterness, and then there's this wall there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and and you wrote in the book, Pastor Jeff, as Rose and I have allowed the Holy Spirit to do His work in our hearts, a noticeable atmosphere of peace has prevailed in our home. There was a time that our home was full of variance, discord, and strife, but today it truly is a place of peace. Um, Yeah, I, I think maybe just sharing a little more of your own testimony could be really good.
2: Yeah, when we first got married, I think about that time I threw your clothes out the window from the apartment, fifth floor.
0: You're I not was angry.
2: Row. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. now, I mean, <laughs> people come to our house, they don't want to leave. Hmm. They don't want to leave. I mean, usually it's like, okay, we're ready to go to bed. <laughs> and they don't want to go because God's peace, His presence is there. That's just, but it's taken years. Yeah. That's the thing. it's taken years. I mean We can
1: look back over our life. There's even a story in the book that we were talking about earlier with the red truck <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. by the book to that read was the story. That I... <laughs> was probably
1: about a year or so after um, I had graduated. and I, I remember um, I think I was actually boasting to someone before that happened about how, you know, man, uh, God's really, Conquered the anger in my life and and all that, and then we had this huge blowout. My wife and my and I over this red truck we picked up for the ministry that I was kind of acting a little foolish, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And um, it, I really was taken back because it was like the old Jeff, and yeah. you, you almost get discouraged Like, yeah. man, did did God even do anything yeah. Yeah. in my life? But yet, what I realized was the difference was. I was utterly broken over it. We didn't go on for days or weeks like we used to. Um, I believe I owned it and thoroughly repented. We reconciled Mm -hmm. over it. And, you know, I look back now 30 something years and I see that process and and having to go back through those Mm -hmm. Beatitudes over and over and over again. And more and more, God's thankfully changing us. You know, making us more like him, and I see the effects in our marriage. It's nothing like it used to be. Again, I don't want to give the the sense that we never have issues. We still do, but it's nothing like it used to be. But the overriding thing now in our marriage is peace. It really is, and it's God, and He's done it. It's what the gospel does. It's promised to us as his children, but we have to be willing to allow that process and yield to it and let the Holy Spirit and the Word of God and the gospel do what God promises it will do. And Mm -hmm. I really I want to give hope to couples I know what it feels like. I know it seems sometimes like this is impossible, like it's bad. You don't know my situation. Well, you don't know what our situation was like and all the situations we've dealt with over the years. But yet, God is the God of the impossible. Remember the disciples when they, oh, how, with the rich man, how's this, how are they going to be saved? It's impossible. And Jesus said, no, the things that are impossible with man are possible with God. And so I don't care what your situation, I don't care how bad it is. I know what the gospel does. I know... What the power of the Holy Spirit and God's word does in someone's life that yields to it, that just embraces light, is willing to be broken over their own sin, and then experience the love of God, the forgiveness of God, and and the joy really of yielding to him and learning that abiding presence that he promises and the fruit that really is just a byproduct of it. And then like we've been talking about, the promise, peace, and rest. Mm. Even though you're going to have trials, Mm. you're going to have tribulation. And I believe God's preparing us for more of that. So Mm. let God use what you're going through now to prepare you for what's coming in the earth so that we can shine as witnesses, testimonies. Look, I don't care what's going on. Let me tell you what God's done in my life. Let me tell you what he's done in my marriage. He is the Prince of Peace, and He is able to comfort. He is able to heal. He is able to restore. He is able to restore the years the the locusts the enemy has used to bring devastation in your marriage and your life, whatever it is. Let me tell you what God can do, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and and that's our testimony. That's why we do what we do. We know who our God is Mm -hmm. and what He can do. When we believe him and and we truly put our faith and act on what we say we believe.
2: And we have to yield to the Holy Spirit, surrendering to him. You have to do that to be able to bear the fruit of what Jeff just shared. Mm-hmm. Because if you're resisting inside, again, you won't come into that place of peace in your marriage or with your spouse or with your kids if you're just holding like this. Inside. Yeah. Yeah. So I see in my own life, God's always given opportunity inside. Are you willing to yield to me? Mm -hmm. Are you willing to let this go Mm -hmm. for the sake of peace? Or do you want to hold on and, you know, just prove your point or whatever? Just let it go. Let it go.
0: Right. Yeah. Well, I'm... I'm really thankful for both of you. I'm thankful for what you guys have shared in this and the truths that are in the book. And I'm sure there's a lot of couples out there who can say that you've been intimately involved in their lives and have helped in a, in a tremendous way. Um, is there anything else you'd like to share before we close? Yeah,
1: there's a verse in 2 Corinthians 5 that's been going through my head since the beginning, and it basically says we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. And that's what a peacemaker is, someone who reconciles, someone who brings people to God to be reconciled. It's what the gospel is all about, and I'm almost pleading with couples out there. Be reconciled, be willing to embrace the cross. That's what it's all about. If we've been to the cross, if we're willing to embrace the cross and let God produce in us what he's wanted to produce, we will become peacemakers. In a marriage, it's vital if you have children. They need to see that modeled before them, what the love of Christ looks like, what it looks like to be reconciled to God, they will see that in a couple that's willing to do the hard thing, Mm. which is really go the way of the cross. That's what we're talking about, going the way of the cross. We can't be those ambassadors. We can't tell people to be reconciled to God if we haven't been, if we're not willing to do it in our own marriages, in our own relationships with our brothers and sisters in Christ. So I just wanna make that plea to people. If you will do that, you will find peace. God will bring peace into your marriage, but you'll also be an ambassador of peace, which we're all called to go out and bring the gospel and share the good news with others. So I just want to encourage couples with that as well.
0: If you've been listening to this series, and if your marriage feels like a pile of ashes... I want you to remember something. The guests that I had on these episodes were exactly where you are now. I didn't pick them because they're theologians, and I didn't pick them because they have degrees in marriage counseling. I picked them because their marriages were a pile of ashes, and they allowed God to lead them down the path of the Beatitudes, and He, brought beauty from ashes. We often tell the students in our program, if he did it for me, he'll do it for you because he's not a respecter of people. Every husband and wife who will allow God to create in them those seven blessed attitudes will find that he is completely able and wholeheartedly willing to turn their ashes into beauty. Thanks so much for joining us. And don't forget, we've got hundreds of free resources for struggling husbands and hurting wives on our website. Just go to purelifeministries.org. And if you need intensive counseling during this time in your life, we've got trained biblical counselors for men and women who are ready to help. All the information you'll need on those programs is available on our website. Again, that's purelifeministries.org. at purelifeministries.org.